Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome back to PS Talk, episode number 98. Irv, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well myself. Uh, got a new computer. I told you about that earlier because I had a fix completely. My other one just completely died on me. It, w- it w- was done. So I uh, built a new computer. There's a couple of things I have to keep kind of you know, fixed on it, but it's doing well so far. It sounds quiet. Not a jet engine anymore. <laughs> so the quality of the, maybe the audio of the podcast might be a little bit better. Who knows? Are you yeah. there? Oh, there he is. Yeah, sorry, sorry, my bad. I was uh, I was on mute for a quick second. I was trying to trying out this new other. I was using my other computer. It was like telling me how to do something. Yeah, so make wanna... sure the camera's on your. Move your camera, brother. You got there. We go. You gotta get your face. Uh, on. It's good for the. I'm trying YouTube. to use my. Sorry, I'm trying to use my other. I'm using the other computer to look up like little information that I need for today, and so or bring it back because I already looked it up, and I'm also like, but it was telling me certain stuff that was going on because you know some of it is in reports and stuff like that. So I was like, let me mute myself so you don't hear some strange man. You're like, what's going on in Irv's house? Um, With that being said, also I mentioned our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel is BS Talk with Irvin Cam. Uh, It is pretty. We got some shorts out there that've been pretty popular if you want to go check them out it's pretty cool a uh, little funny shorts from our uh from our show that we do here but uh with that being said we'll move to the twitter polls like we usually do so twitter poll update uh from last week is do you think lamar jackson and the chicago bears make sense i said this hypothetically and i thought it was pretty funny although a little bit of me kind of wants them <laughs> this came back that says no this makes no sense at 100 percent." so uh <laughs> Dang, nobody believes in my 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 weird GM moves. Um, uh, can the Lakers survive these key injuries into the playing games or the playoffs? That came back also at they ain't making it either. Uh, there's a lot of hunt- haters out there with the Lakers, but we we proven them everywhere wrong according to recent scores and and uh, basically us winning. So what are you gonna me, say there? I just have to be what is it? Subjective, not objective. You be whatever. No. No, it's objective because like, no, whatever you want to be. <laughs> I forget. I forget. I see. This is your problem. Sometimes you're too smart. You don't realize you're using right words, but you don't know which one. It's like the there concept. People are always like <laughs> there, there, there. And you're like, that's the wrong there. Which there is it? It's T H E. This, this, this. To get it back on subject, I, um, the person that doesn't think that the Lamar Jackson, the people that don't think the Lamar Jackson uh, to the Bears makes sense. What do you think they're doing with Justin Fields? And they're asking if Justin Fields then. That makes sense that you would put Lamar in that position. So you might want to go back to your drawing board, take off the crowns, scribble all that out, get a Sharpie, get a <laughs> marker, and then put on there, I need help. Because <laughs> you need help if you don't think Lamar Jackson going to the Bears is actually a fit in regards to what the Bears are trying to do with Justin Fields. Just makes more sense to get a guy who's already MVP, already been in the league, that type of situation. As for the Lakers, I almost did a skip Bayless and was like, how about them Lakers? Because we are surviving. We're thriving. We, we looked good yesterday against Toronto. We've looked good against some other teams. Yeah, we I think we had one shortcoming so far. We're in the ninth ninth seat. And we yeah, only we predicted to we only predicted to keep going up. So I said we might get what nine, ten. I said I thought seven might be our cap. You might you said six. The way the games are playing out, there's only a few teams that are above us in the standings. And the two teams that are above us are Golden State, who we would probably have the tiebreaker over because we've beaten them both at their house and and at home, and the Timberwolves. 
Yeah. So realistically, we could get up there, and we've beaten Dallas, I believe. So let's let's get it started on that topic. Actually, uh, one of the topics that says, "Can the Lakers keep the ninth seed, or will they continue to move up at the Western Conference standings?" Uh, with that being said, that's basically what we're going to be talking about. And I agree with you, Irv. I I say we can move up. I don't see why the Lakers can't move up. With if you watch both Dallas and and Golden State Warriors, which we talked about in previous episodes, we both said either of those teams we think they will be moving down because of the way they've been playing. And this last, we are, I've been watching those two teams closely because I kind of want to see who is going to be right and who is going to be wrong. And both those teams are losing, so we're both right here, <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, because they they both have the talent on the roster and it's just not coming together. Uh, you mentioned the Mavericks don't play defense; they still don't play defense. Um. And then the Warriors, the their the rotation and they and then when they're on the road, they can't win on the road. And the rotation, like you mentioned, is just whack with people either getting injured or what's going on uh, with injuries, and also just chemistry is not there. It, it's crazy because I was watching that Memphis game when they played Memphis without Jaw, and a couple of times you could just see Draymond getting frustrated or giving up on plays, and then also like the, it's just the chemistry is not there, and then the trash talk and everything else. Um, it, it, something's going on with this Warriors team, especially when they're playing on the road, because they're seven and twenty-six. And I mentioned even before, and remember, I mentioned this way early on, or about their winning on the road, and they haven't been winning at all. They've just been losing on the road, losing on the road, and now finally, all these other media, big media like ESPN and CBS, and all of them are paying attention more to they can't win on the road, and they're mentioning it. But I want to let you all know it was here first. It was here first. I said it first. Um, but the, when they're at home, there's 27 and seven. So it's kind of a complete opposite being, uh, being yeah, you at home, home cooking, you get yeah. home cooking, sleeping in your own bed. I think the, the big problem with the Warriors has been health and, ro- and figuring out a healthy rotation. Cause we think about it like this, everyone, no one has given up on the Warriors yet. Cause they kind of did this last year a little bit where they kind of fell off. And then all of yeah. a sudden they found their stride and they kept it pushing, became champions. They're the defending champions. We got to give respect to them. But we Andrew Wiggins has been out for some personal reasons for quite a minute. And so, you know, yeah. shout out to Andrew Wiggins. You hope everything is going all right or whatever he's dealing with. He's able not only to come back from it and play basketball, but as a person, come back from it because basketball ain't everything in this world. But, you know, you you you, you reach out to him and support him. Um, but this is the guys that they are playing. You know, I mean, Kaminga is basically taking the place of Andre Iguodala. You know, what I mean, it's uh, that's that's Andre Iguodala on that team to, to give his expertise as coach Iguodala. Sometimes going as player Iguodala, but he's mentoring really Jonathan Kaminga to be like, hey, you know, you athletic like I'm. I was athletic. You got a little shot. You can get to the rim whenever you want to. Like defensively, this is what we need from you to lock up. You know, anybody and everybody. This is how you play it. He's hurt now. He got hurt in this last game, so that messes with your rotation because he was playing heavy minutes. So I think. Golden State just got to get healthy, and they're looking to figure out who's going to be actively playing in the playoffs. Because think about it. When you see, what is it, like eight guys that really play in the playoffs, Cam? You don't have a 10-guy well, yeah. rotation. You don't have like a yeah. almost a 10-guy rotation. You got eight guys. You got your five starters and your three guys who come in and out, your yep. six-man type deal. So they got to figure out who is going to be those six guys or who's going to be those other three guys. Because you know Draymond is going to be there. You know Clay. You know, potentially Andrew Wiggins might be there if he's, you know, healthy, if not dealing with so personal stuff. Uh, Steph is going to be there. Kevon Looney. So they got their five. You got Jordan Poole, who's definitely going to be a six. 
he's definitely coming right off the bench. So who are the other two dudes that can contribute? And that's can, what they're trying to figure out. Can I talk about Jordan Poole really quick? What's your thoughts yeah. on him? What's your thoughts on him? He just has so many. You know who he reminds me of is Kelly Oubre without all the tattoos. They have so many antics. They're just an ant. Like they're good players, guys who you know are very athletic in a sense of like Jordan to me is a better shooter than Kelly. Kelly's better athletically, like just getting to the rim or being able to defend multiple positions. But they got so many extra antics. Yeah, it just makes you kind of it irks you a little bit. It makes you not like them because of the antics. But when you realize they are a good basketball player, they they look like they're good teammates. You like them again, but they have that they have that that thing that just gets under your skin. Like God, can you stop being so annoying? You mean that that antic that pissed off Draymond probably in practice, and then that hey, whole man, you're still not supposed to, you're still not supposed to give your teammate that kind of work. That's still your teammate. You still no not no. After, to run up I'm, on not, I'm not saying like that what he but, did was but, justified. But I'm yes, just saying but like yes, yes, you can I agree. understand his frustration now. I don't know what it is. Every time I tune in to watch the Golden State Warriors game and I see Poole have the ball and bring out the ball, I always say in my head, like, nah, this ain't going in. I don't know what it is. Every time I watch him, he just doesn't make shots or and or he just doesn't play well. And I'm trying to, like, from my point of view, because I'm not, I'm not watching every single Warriors game, right? I only tune in here and there. But from my perspective of the games I tune in for, I'm just going – they paid this man this much money. <laughs> like I'm just in there. Like I understand that you pay the pay him the money. That way you lock him up. You could probably trade him later on for pieces or assets or whatever you need to do. But I just don't see him being that worth that much money. Um, and I'm sorry, Jordan Poole. Like I'm just coming like good for you getting that money as a like from a player's aspect. But as a general manager aspect, I just I don't know. Maybe he's underperforming when I'm just watching. Maybe I'm not his like his bad luck charm or something. I don't know. What's you are going on. you just, are his you are his bad luck charm. That's what I was just going to say. It's it, you. It ain't Jordan Poole. It's you. Stop okay, could, but so so it is probably it is me then. But do you see something different than I am perceiving? Because I just nah, I, I, I like Jordan Poole's offense. Okay, game. so it's just me when I'm watching it. I'm the bad luck charm then. That's well, all I'm going to confirm. Well, it's like <laughs> you you know what's funny. Because we 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 started watching the dude from Instagram. Oh, what is the dude with the like one eight hundred snitch for basketball? Oh, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's made the last couple reels. So maybe that's starting to get in your head because he's like, it's supposed to be like a a crossover, but it's like you carry, you walk, then you dribble again, then you step back, then you shoot. See, I haven't seen. Him. <laughs> so, Did he do that in Jordan Poole? Jordan Poole, the edge. Oh, I didn't know that. I just watched him. I just watched his jaw. I watched his jaw one. I watched his Luca one. And Jalen Brown, Jalen, yeah, carry, and I just sitting there like it's so true because in the games the other day I was watching as well during the games and I just kept saying carry, carry, like they're obvious carries too, and you can't tell me they're not. You have to call those carries, and here's the reason you had to call those carries is because the it's an advantage for the other team. The other team's taking advantage. You can if you could be able to like all of a sudden you're about to pass and you can see it's gonna be a steal and you go nope. That's a carry, and, if, and as an official, you gotta call that. Like it's just too obvious. This this is my favorite about it. If they started calling all the real carries and all the real travels, the game would be so boring in some I, cases I, for people. Yes, people. Now I would still watch. I would still love it because it's getting called, and you gotta. It, it helps athletes clean up their handles. So now you can say who's a real ball handler, who's just a guy out there carrying and looking like a ball handler. But man, that. <laughs> I'm not, drop. <laughs> so I'm not saying call the real carries. I'm not saying call the real ones. Call the obvious ones. 
Oh, you got call, you call, call the ones call call, call call the ones where I'm up in the the top of the seats at the Kings Arena where I could touch the roof because I'm so high up. And I look down, and I go, that's a carry. If I'm calling it from way up there, how are you not calling it from the floor? <laughs> hey, bro. So, hey, the game's got to be more entertaining. It's like baseball. We sped it up for a reason. If people got to watch. We need more ratings. That's how we get money from TV contracts. So they ain't calling that. They gonna call it every now and then. They gonna call it on players that <laughs> aren't big name, household name players, guys that they know you can get away with. Um, you just better watch out because Fled Van Vleep is on everybody's case. He out here getting $30,000 fines for going after for Sam Ruff's name. So Yeah, I'll get it, sir, and I got you. Um, but just to get back to our original topic of the Lakers and the standings, we I think we can move up. Um, I'm becoming a believer slowly but surely that we can get to that sixth spot um, and we can be in the playoffs and not in the play-in games, especially I think we're finding our footing without LeBron. And I think that's the best thing is yeah. – him being out right now is letting other guys have that freedom to play. And Anthony Davis getting the double teams that he rightfully deserves. Like I watched last night's game. I watched a couple games ago with the Grizzly. Um, and I've watched some games since LeBron have been out. Anthony Davis has played phenomenal. Teams have started to say, okay, let's make other guys beat us. And now we have the pieces around. You can't do that because the other guys are going to beat you. Last night was a prime example. D'Lo can beat you. Schroeder can make shots and beat you. Rudy Achimura off the bench can beat you. Vanderbilt, I don't know where that package came from of offensive incredibility. Bring that back. Run that back again every night because he was like two for two from three. My man was knocking down all his dunks and, and layups, getting steals. He and he the real MVP. If we go to the ship, <laughs> if we go to the ship and, he, and we start, that's the MVP. You can, you can say LeBron can get it. That's the true MVP. He the dude, he the PJ Tucker, where you go, you had almost about five, six points or or none, but everybody got locked up. You used all six of your fouls or all five of them. <laughs> That's the MVP. That's my crazy rant for the Lakers right now. But yeah, I think we can move up to the sixth spot. I'm starting, I should say, I'm becoming a believer we can. So here's some crazy stats, Irv. Um, if you look at the plus minus rating for the Laker game, uh, the the only starter that had a positive plus rating in the game was D'Lo. He's the only player. He was plus four. Everybody else, Michael, uh, Malik Beasley, negative twenty one. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. negative ten. Uh, Vanderbilt negative ten. Vanderbilt, which I don't get. 10. I don't. I don't know how Vanderbilt got a negative ten where he was. He was killing. It's whoever. That's what I don't. It might get not that. be in, and not might be somebody else that's scoring. And then Anthony Davis negative eleven. But if you look at our bench, this is what I like what the Lakers did. We we got we got so many pieces where we have depth. Now we go to the Lakers bench where the difference was made. Plus twenty one for uh oh my goodness uh what's Hachimura? Thank you. <laughs> you knew I was gonna struggle. Yep. Uh, Hachimura plus twenty one. Gabriel plus twenty plus nineteen. Shooter plus thirty two. Plus thirty two. Yeah, he wasn't starting, but he had thirty three minutes. And then Revis plus twenty six. Our bench oh, and our cold. depth, our bench and depth, is is wow. It's just amazing that this is what we we've been looking for. So, I think we do have. If you look at the teams above us, we were talking about earlier. We have Minnesota, who beat us earlier this year, and Rudy gave us the business because we didn't give it the help D to Anthony Davis there. So I'm not putting that on Davis, but we got to rotate over on the help D. Wait, 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 wait. I watched that. To me, 
yes, we got to rotate over. Guys got to come back over. But on the same token, if we gonna play, like we got we we got guys who can go get them now. Like I think guys have played together. They got familiarity. We gonna run that back. Obviously, I think I think we play Minnesota one more time before the season's up. We do. We play him at Minnesota on March thirty. Uh, 31st. I, I think I think that's going to be a whole different game with guys now having that you know that camaraderie, confidence with one another, and understanding each other's game. I think that's going to be a different type of turnout because the only thing Rudy did was he didn't even do no post no, moves, but he, he just fact, dunked. It, it wasn't even a dunk. He, 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 sometimes it was dunk. Sometimes it was just a put in, like just put up. But yeah, no, yeah, nobody boxed out because Anthony Davis would come up. What they did, their, their game plan worked phenomenally. Minnesota, Anthony Davis would come up to help play out the. And nobody would yep. rotate over the Rudy, and so it was an easy offensive rebound or is an easy dish pass to. Yeah, because yeah, because we talked about it. We talked about you either got to take the charge or you got to be there early to defend. Yep. I, I just I can't. It's hard for me to give Rudy that kind of like credit. Like he was out there just whooping on us. Like he just was in the paint going crazy when I saw the game, and I'm like, he not like we just not doing. We not making the no. adjustment. Somebody <laughs> got to make it. You know what I mean? Like it ain't it ain't Joel Embiid that went out there yeah. knocked down that game winner last night. It ain't. Nicole Jokic out here triple doubling everybody to It death. was one game, Irv. It was one game. I'm not saying Rudy's Joel and B by all means. But, but it was hard when you said that. When you said he gave Rudy us the beat business. us, I, it, no, he, he gave us didn't. the business that one game. Anthony Edwards could have gave it. It was so many. It was just, I can't give it to him. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I ruined you. But um, you know how I get about Rudy Gobert. Go ahead. You know how but, I get. But Go ahead. Above us, again, is Warriors and Mavericks. And then also Clippers are there. And then below us is Pelicans. Um. I we have a game be, with the I think they might be done. They might be done, bro. Bi just went out in this last game with an ankle injury. Yeah. CJ got the le- the right hand thumb injury on his shooting hand. He's been shooting a lot better, but I like their depth. I like well, you know how it go without Zion, without at least Bi. I don't think that team is built to survive. I think they're a good team and they're gonna be scrappy. But when they went on that run, it was with CJ and Bi. I think you take out Bi now and no Zion. I ain't gonna say they ain't got no chance, but I think I could see Utah sneaking back in here real quick at that tenth seed. Well, we, and that's fine because we play Utah twice. We played Utah twice, and one is the last game of the season. And that game, last game of the season, really could matter. It really yeah. could matter with us be getting in or not. Um, but I'm looking at the rest of the schedule for the Lakers. It's it's honestly like good team, mediocre team, bad team, good team, bad team, good team mediocre team like it's not it's nothing like i don't think we have a really really tough schedule but you know you can't because you're playing orlando you cannot be like we got it we could take it easy tonight because we play houston twice does not mean we could take it easy you have to play them the same way you playing these other teams like dallas and phoenix because if you let one game up at this point that's just one game we move down and we can't make it in so just because they're bad on the standings does not mean they're going to be playing that way that night um but yes i i I still think we could get to the sixth seed i because i i think we could beat over minnesota i think we could beat the warriors and i think we could beat the mavericks which we have all proven and we have one game versus the mavericks i even i'm not too impressed with the clippers the clippers are coming alive but if you watch them i'm like they don't look good they don't look that great um i'll be i'll be real with you it's it's a it's a weird factor watching the clippers because they have so much depth and so much talent. Like, man, you're like, man, they should be almost overpowering teams with just, like, rotation, just star players. Um, I don't think the mindset is there. It just don't seem – you know what I mean? It don't seem like the mindset is there to, to be that kind of thing. Like, 
if the Clippers turn into just straight like dogs, because everybody's a two-way player when you think about they starting group. Kawhi's a two-way player. Uh PG's a two-way player. Marcus Morris is supposed to be somewhat of a two-way player. That's why, you know, he takes the number one defense assignments. Um, point guard-wise, Russ isn't a two-way player, but Russ has been put into that starting lineup now. Um, and Zubak's supposed to be a defender. That starting five right there, you know what I mean? They should be able to hold teams, uh, make more, make teams take more difficult shots, and that's not always the case. They start, they they their second team comes in and gets them back in it. Because I've watched a lot of the Clippers, and I'm kind of I was curious about the Russ going over there, and how everyone saying that benefits them because they get a true point guard. But his turnovers are still the same. His minutes, he's playing big minutes. Um, obviously, I hate to say it like this: the Clippers are expected to win a championship, but not really. You know what I mean, Cam? Yeah. Like everyone says, they're like even I've said it: they're paper champions. Just like the, the roster have, they both have. have, we both have, yeah, yeah, but. I don't know if they really got what it takes mentally to get over that hump to get there. So it's going to be interesting to see if they keep that fifth spot um, or how they drop. I honestly wouldn't mind them staying at the five seed because I kind of want to see Dallas and Phoenix. I want to see that bad blood between D-Book and, and Luka in the playoffs. So yep. I, I want to get to the playoffs. I want to get us to the sixth seed, but also want, I want to see something where the Suns and the and, – and, uh, Dallas after or yeah, the Suns and Dallas have to play. So I don't know. I'm kind of the Clippers is kind of like that note. Like I'm keeping an eye on y'all because y'all messing with the game. I do want to see y'all messing with the matchup that could potentially happen first round for us. The matchup I don't want to go versus for the Lakers. I don't want to go versus the Kings because the Kings Ooh, the the way they fire. they just run the floor, man. It's a track meet. If you watch the they played the next the other day, and it was a straight up track meet. And they gave up – the Kings won the game, giving up almost 30 – like 30 offensive rebounds. We both watched that game. And I sat there like, well, that's their weakness is, you know, giving off – it's just so – it's just, you know, the Knicks were so bad they couldn't execute off of those offensive rebounds. But yeah, Jalen Brunson went out too, so that hurt them tremendously, yeah. man. Yeah, but – and it was just – it was one of those where I'm like – I'm looking at how the Lakers play, and yes, we have some young players still, but if you look at how we play, we kind of want LeBron and Anthony Davis to get into their positions, you know, that little slower-paced basketball to score. Yeah, half-court offense. And if we – the Kings are just running up and down the floor with their 6'11 point guard. <laughs> like, well, this is, this, this is the thing. Um, you hear it a lot in basketball. The, the, the way that you play in a regular season – Yes, you can try and play that way in the in the playoffs, but really the playoffs are or built like when you think about you play a regular season game. You know you play a different team every night. When you play a team, and you know you got a seven game series with them. You better have some offensive sets. You better have because you can slow down fast breaks in regards to like, hey, this is what we're gonna do to not create fast breaks or not let them run up and down the court. So that could also be the Achilles' heels of the Kings. Are yeah, you got to get up and down. Yeah, you got to be able to you know. Um, turn into a track meet, but if a team breaks you down and makes you have to play half court basketball, do you have the correct amount of set plays? Can you run these different plays in a half court offense to be successful? Because I'm it it the playoffs turn into a half court game. It turns into a, a, a almost like in playoff football. You know what I mean? Like you running the ball constantly to try and get the clock down. You're doing clock management on top of trying to score. You're not just worried about scoring points and winning a game. You're worrying about what 
are the things I can do to control this game to the point where I know I'm going to come out with a victory. So this will be, uh, it'll be interesting to see where the Kings land and who they play, but God help whoever played the Kings though in the first round, because my God, bro, their depth is ridiculous. Like imagine Kevin Herter, six, seven, you know, kind of a two way guy, you know, but he's got some athleticism. He come out and now you got to chase Malik Monk around and he yeah. explosive. It's all outdoor. Like, yeah. He, it wasn't even him last game when we watched Deion, uh, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, that he man broke Josh. Joking. He jumped on Bruh. so many people's heads coming down the court. He turned Josh Hart around so bad. Josh Hart had to take off the headband. If you know this, <laughs> Josh Hart played with a headband the beginning of the game, all through the game. <laughs> as, as De'Aaron Fox was, as he had to keep going against De'Aaron Fox. Boy, that headband <laughs> came off. That frustration was at a hundred. He <laughs> watch your watch the highlight reel when De'Aaron hit him with that stop. Hezzy get back inside, going for a left hand layup. That headband was off. Watch the whole rest of the game, or prior to that, that headband was on. <laughs> yeah, it, it, <laughs> that, it, gave him, it gave him beyond a headache. Well, um, yeah. So I I do like I'm telling you all. If you want to watch some fun basketball, watch the Kings basketball. They run up and down that floor and in like some really explosive plays and then three balls, three balls, three balls. And then you have De'Aaron Fox out of nowhere just dunking on people. So. Hey, let's give a quick shout out to, uh, before we go to the next segment, cause we still, this is kind of a Lakers segment um, to Pau Gasol getting his number 16 retired by the Lakers. Um, they won that game too. So there you go, pal. You got the, you got your Jersey retired and you got it retired on a night that the Lakers won. So there you go. You That's that, that's that, uh, that trifecta in a sense got to honor Kobe through your words and your beautiful words, got to get your Jersey put next to Kobe and the Lakers got the win for you that night. Cause um, if we all remember, I'm always, I always laugh at this whenever they honor somebody Jersey, is that extra pressure for a team to win? Cause like KG got his, his number retired with the Celtics. Yeah. <laughs> but they lost that game. You got, you got, you got nervous. You got nervous a little bit. Who me? When, when the tap Lakers, it. yeah, tap <laughs> because because like if you remember in the playoffs, like they were like, oh, we gonna honor Kobe, and they wore like the Mamba jerseys in when they in the finals when they played the Heat. It was like it was a game that could have been the, the closing game. It could have been the game like that. You know, we won a championship early. Well, Jay Crowder was like, we don't care what jerseys they wear. And the Heat beat us that game, so they had to go back to the regular jerseys the next <laughs> game and win it. So I'm like, whenever you have that like ceremonial type, like this game is going out to, or this season is going out to, that extra pressure, I don't know. Sometimes they people fold or teams be folding under that pressure. Bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it it was kind of a, one of those uh, emotional magical moments. And yes, I thought the same thing afterwards was, oh, we might lose this game, but good for Pal because you, like Pal, thank you for like for all the years you committed to Lakers and helping us get two championships. Cause without you, we don't, we don't get those two championships. Um, and I'm glad that they put his Jersey right next to Kobe's. Um, I know that, you know, he was the next up in line after Kobe to be retired or like Jersey retired. And that's where it was going to go no matter what, but it was kind of cool to see him next to Kobe's Jersey for that retirement. And then Kobe's wife, Vanessa was there, um, next to pal as well for that retirement. Um, ceremony that moment yeah, so yeah moment. and he even referred he got choked up saying that kobe was his brother and um 
I don't think you, I, out of all people that, you know, Kobe got, like, Kobe wasn't the best teammate, we'll say, because he gets it under people's skin. He wanted to make the best out of you. And if you weren't hard headed, you know, you were, you, like, you weren't going to get along with Kobe. But the, for Powell um, to always, like, to put it kind of not to put up with Kobe, but understand how Kobe worked and understand that Kobe was just trying to make him better. Uh, maybe calling him soft sometimes, so on and so forth. Um, he understood that, hey, this is how Kobe works, and he just wants to – he wants me to be the best of my ability. So uh, I think I think not only gameplay mattered there, but also having the understanding of this person, how to deal with this person's personality of, of just complete assassin always wanting to win no matter what and being able to play with that and accommodate that uh, – off the court wise. So um thank you, pal. That's all basically say it. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Let's go move on to the next one. <laughs> right, so we're gonna so we're gonna stay in the NBA. We're gonna talk about well, the topic is John Morant's legal troubles. What are your thoughts on the matter? But we need to talk about the Memphis Grizzly in general. Because him, his teammate Dylan Brooks, obviously got different troubles, different things going on. Yeah. Um but where are they kind of like leading this this group? Um, they're the bad boys. These are the, they want to be bad boys of the Pistons, bad boys, you know. But but that's what I mean. Like it's not every, like Desmond Bain ain't known for that. Jared Jackson is not known for that. Sam Adams is nice, known as one of the strongest dudes, but nicest guys in the NBA. So it's kind of like their mentalities. It fits the grindhouse of what Memphis is like. You know, their culture is their culture wants to yeah. be that grindhouse, but it doesn't seem to fit their teammates. Agreed. Uh, well, if not all their teammates, some of them. Well, it does. Which which team? Give me another team besides Dylan Brooks and and John Morant, who kind of fit that like. Or no, that's who I'm referring to. Like, oh, but that's who I, I'm referring I'm to because you. I'm looking you at also, the roster. Look at the you roster. Also Look have at... like you also had like Golden State when you know Draymond. Draymond's their kind of you know rambunctious yeah, but, 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 person. But Draymond is an individual on a team that is considered the rambunctious person. He's they're not considered the yeah. Golden State Warriors. Ain't nobody picking them to win no fist fights and go out there and be like, oh, they finna be crazy. They they finna talk wild and all this other stuff. Memphis is getting that kind of reputation, and you know what I mean, being a bunch of shit talkers and yeah, uh always got something to say, sneaky or do something. Like it's it's becoming that slowly but surely, but only off of two people. Because when I watch the rest of the team play, even the young dudes like Zaire Williams, the two uh, other forwards, God, I can't remember, Almadita Al- or something like that. I'm looking up, uh, I'm looking at their roster, and I'm like, ain't none of these dudes on here like solid players, a thousand percent, but ain't nobody, you know what I mean? Like, you talk about the Morris twins, you go, they both tough, they both gritty, you know what I mean? You, you talk about, um, other people's uh whatever if i just stay on the morris ones whatever team they go to that's what they use for pj tucker gritty but not like fight gritty or crazy gritty like just determined get after you type gritty um there's levels to it and i feel like they trying to be you know what i mean they trying to overdo it yeah they they, they just overdoing it like i'm not even like i'm not mad at john Morant. nobody should be mad it's a grown man outside of your household but I think the the biggest thing, especially when I talk to friends that are like in African American, or I should say the Moorish community, um, it's more like, bro, why are you bumping that persona when you don't need to? You don't have to do that. Like that's like it's a basketball game. You just keep it basketball. Ain't nobody trying to bring no street level stuff in here. 
And then the brandishing of the firearm was just over the top, too. Because you remember, you hit me up talking about he got in a fight or brandished a firearm at a 17-year-old kid. Yeah. This after the whole uh, P- Pacers incident where him and I think Chris Duarte got into it. And then it was saying that he was in a truck with a green light that could have been attached to a gun shining at Pacers players. I'm like, it's just a lot of things you like. Why are you even why are you even connecting to that? Tell your homies we ain't got to eat like that no more. We don't live like that no more. Well, it's not even no more. I don't know, like, why it doesn't, like, we don't know his, like, his bringing up, yes, he went to a private school. He, like, there's a lot of stuff that says, like, we're saying no more, but at the same time, it's like. No, I'm saying no more. I'm saying no more. The the media has a different portrayal of it from everything in regards to like you know they they be putting with that Eminem song from 8 mile you grew up soft and all of that now you want to come over here and try to be hard I don't know John Moran's background no. like that but I do understand and I'm not going to jump and do a whole investigation on it but I do understand what you're portraying these young other individuals that rep, that look like you are feeding into that they're gonna want to emulate you in some in aspects you got to be better than that and on the same token you don't have to live like that like i don't understand sometimes in our community the fact that like you want to be extra hood you want to be you know i mean if you ain't going to jail you ain't got no street cred but i ain't want i'm not trying to give up two three years of my life that's crazy i think it's irv it's one of those who are like you can't you because i'm gonna you came from that area you know what I mean? You came from Compton. You came up from where it was scary as hell. I I went to the Inland <laughs> Empire. I my family lived in Compton. I was supposed I lived. My dad and them stay out there. My cousins went to different schools out in the the L A area. My mom was like, "We going to Riverside." We went to Riverside. I went from back and forth to the I E to to Cal to to the uh, Los Angeles area. It's an hour's drive, probably like two hour drive. You picked the wrong day, wrong time. With all that being said, it was a lot that I got to saw from each area because L.A. creeped out there where people were housing is cheaper. But that mentality followed them. I got to see people where we live in a neighborhood at the time that was really good. And it was other African-American kids or I should say other Moorish kids. And everybody out there still talking, what's up, cuz? What's up, blood? I'm like, ain't nothing out here. We literally go to a school that you ain't got to worry about Mexican gangs. But that mentality is what I'm, I'm, I am I'm want. I wouldn't say get rid of because that that makes a big part of you being gritty, being determined, being having a strong will, wanting to succeed. I just mean, bro, like all the extra that you're doing with the extra gun violence and that kind of life. Look at all the rappers that's out here getting killed over stuff they say in songs. Like I'm just saying, he got to take into account, like, bro, you you're at a figure where if you preaching this negativity, don't think somebody that's not really living this life won't roll up on you because it could turn into a messy situation for you. But here's my so you kind of grew up around around that correct like yeah. more than most individuals but we all know somebody even myself grew up in a nicer setting in a nicer area um and remember when like i don't we're not gonna say names here but then when this nicer person uh met like went up somewhere and they're trying to prove themselves to be hard and stuff like that but the area they grew up in so they're trying to create a different persona to people they that are newer to them to show that they're hard gritty and this and that um and you know they get mixed around with the wrong crowd and next thing you know things go south bad things happen but and that's we, the crazy part he wouldn't but you just I talked know. about that particular individual in a situation where you ain't making that kind of money cam yeah, you ain't even around that though but you also have 
different situations where you have different, uh, not money, but other things that are going for you, such as whether you be got a scholarship to a football team or a scholarship somewhere else, and then you start hanging out the wrong crowd. You know what I mean? And then next thing you know, you're kicked off the team for something that you've done bad. Um, I'm just saying you, you, you it, try to create a persona a, of being a, hard. But, but that's what I'm saying. It's a mindset. We agree. Yeah. It's the same thing we're talking about. It's yeah. just a mindset. That's the mindset that I'm looking at in regards to John Morant because you're in the NBA. You made it. You got you, you already got a kid. You got a little girl, I believe. That's great. Your father. There's no reason to be wanting to take be away or be taken away from your child and from her life and from your family's life for things you don't have to associate with. That's like I listen to rap music, right? I listen to it when I'm tired. I go into work, just bumping a little rap music, trying to get in. But them lyrics can't be what feed me for the day. That's not what my life is about. I'm a completely different dude. So it's like you he's I would like for him to understand it's okay to listen to rap music, it's okay to, you know, have your friends. It's okay to like be like, ain't nobody finna walk up on me, talk crazy to me, and protect yourself, protect your own. I got that. But that image that you posting and you putting out there, that's what get people smoked. That's what get people putting in a hospital for 50 shots at their car because they in the wrong neighborhood with the wrong kind of stuff. Like you gotta start moving away from that. And if you got homies that's there, because I have friends before I went to college. That, you know, was suspect doing weird, doing some stuff. And it wasn't that I cut them off. I grew apart and grew in a different direction. It's like, we can grow together and go this way, bro. But I'm not going that way. Yeah. Ain't no way. And that's and that's what I mean. He got to grow. Like, that's why my comment was, we don't have to eat like that no more. Because look at LeBron's situation. He took his homies. They weren't great. They were good basketball players, good high school basketball players. But he got them doing something different because they could have still been in them streets. He could have went on, got superstardom, got money could have been still hanging out with them they could have been pulling guns entourage all that other stuff but yet he made them and he said hey i'll give you the opportunity i'll give you the funds but you got to put the work in and grind john red just take that into consideration because i would hate to i would hate to wake up and read a newspaper or it be posted john Morant out at 2 a.m partying at a nightclub shot 13 times or shot these many times or shot at yeah because he was portraying a lifestyle that he ain't even really living the last thing I want to add is like, I know people were like Jalen uh, Rose said something on ESPN saying how, Hey, get your stuff together. I've understand. I've been through this. The one person that nobody's bringing up is why is no one bringing up Plaxo Burris? What that whole situation, you know, he got shot. He was done for a year or he, he shot, shot himself. himself. Yeah. yeah. He shot himself and went to jail. But yeah. Went to jail oh. in a whole year of his career. So why don't why, like, if anybody you should reach out to, I feel like could get good feedback is kind of, his his situation you know gilbert what i mean arenas, like, gilbert arenas gave a great interview you should look at it you should just look at gilbert and talks about john Morant. he told him a lot of things that's true um maybe next show we can talk about that but it's a lot of good stuff gil said that jack will have to at least consider let it go in the back of your head and, and simmer for a minute all right or let's go to another then uh, wow wow that was awful let's go to the next topic uh the nfl the combine uh who impressed you what did you kind of see I know I didn't watch too much of it. I saw some highlights here and there, but who was like the main standout for you or standouts, I should say? So the main standouts were both the corners from uh, Maryland, both running a 4-3-1 and a 4-2-9. First time that cornerbacks from the same university played on the same team have run 
those kind of numbers for the 40. So that's impressive because that lets you know cor- like their corners have some good speed. Now, obviously, football speed is different because it's different when you put the pads on. You still run that 4-3-1-4-2-9. Um, but it was just impressive. It, all the way right there, that was impressive. Big thing that I've been looking at was the Anthony Richardson uh, because he's like shot up the quarterback's uh, chart because of his yeah. workout, stature, weight, uh, just athleticism in general. The thing I don't get, because like obviously the Raiders are looking to draft a quarterback potentially. Everyone's saying that he might be who we you get in the seventh uh, with the seventh pick. The man ain't really that accurate. Because I watch Florida, no, he's he is a not stud. <laughs> he is stud. I mean, he'll run you over. He put in all the work and give you the business in regards to the run game. He'd be a filthy running back, big Derrick Henry, little little Henry type. Yeah, but QB wise. I have questions because of his college play because it's been a, it's a whole lot of criticism in regards to like black quarterbacks and and how they're evaluated. But for me, it's the accuracy throwing. He's got a cannon, man. That dude was throwing and he was dropping like bombs, just straight. Reminded me of Jamarcus Russell with regards to arm strength when the Raiders were looking at him. He could throw it wherever you want to throw it. That ain't the problem. Accuracy is the problem a little bit. The other problem is. Is he going to be able to pick up this complicated if he is drafted by, um, if he is drafted by the Raiders with Josh McDaniels' complicated quarterback type system? Is he going to be able to pick up that terminology in a time frame enough that allows for him to battle it out with Stenham, or is it just going to be, hey, we draft you, you're our number one, Stenham will start, or whoever else we can bring in to, to kind of battle it out at the quarterback position? That person will start. We'll give you two, one or two years to learn the system if Josh McDaniels is going to be there that long. And the reason why I say that is because not everybody can just pick up a playbook and understand it, read it, and be able to do the things they need to do to be successful for their team or successful with their team. Um, but he impressed me the the most for my, for my Raiders. Um, I do think we have some other needs that we need to address, especially like the linebacker position. Um, we keep giving up D linemen, but I think we've got the D line position pretty in a pretty decent area. I think linebackers and safeties, um, even corner safeties is what we really should be shooting for for this draft. So I'll be interested to see um, with all the good corners that are out there, who we decide to pick up because uh, the top corner from Oregon or one of the top corner for Oregon, Christian Gonzalez, he's predicted to go to uh, the lions. Mm-hmm. So that would give them Jeff Okuda and him as a rookie, which could potentially be a, a great starting corner lineup. Um, and there's some other ones that are sprinkled in. So there's a lot of there's a lot of pluses to this, um, but you know those were the, that was the best person that I saw from my team was Anthony Richardson. I really locked in on him because we need a quarterback. Um, I think the other quarterbacks like Will Levy, uh, obviously C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, um, some of those more notable guys will probably be gone before him because the teams that really need quarterbacks are trying to like move up and get them. We just saw Carolina move up to get a quarterback. We don't know if that's going to be Bryce Young or C.J. Um, Stroud. Uh, so we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll have to pay attention to see, but did anybody impress you? Were you able to catch any of the workouts besides like the Nolan Smith and those incredibly talented defensive end slash linebackers who out here dropping in the coverages, getting picks on quarterbacks, almost housing it? Uh, not really. I, I mean, just those, those highlights that I saw, like Jalen Carter, even, um, him, he, him out there and, um, He's still top rated. Oh no, he wasn't there. My bad. I'm sorry. I think I mixed him up. Was he there? 
I'm not sure if he was J- Jalen Carter. He was, he, he was there, the D lineman from D, uh, what you call it, uh, Georgia, but he has some issues. He didn't really do too much. I think he's going to perform all his I'm stuff, sorry. like really perform at uh, Georgia's Pro Day. Gotcha. I, my, I think I'm getting confused with somebody else. But I noticed that a lot of these defensive linemen uh, or DNs and also just in general, all general and altogether in general, you didn't see too many bench press highlights. And a lot of these people weren't doing bench press at the combine to begin with. Um, a lot of people skipped out on it, which I, do you know, the reason behind that at all or why that to could be, be? To be honest with you, because it's a strength test where like, Football ain't always weight room numbers. Like weight room is great. Don't get me wrong. But like if you really evaluate a player, you're gonna say, okay, strength-wise, obviously he might need to get a little stronger. He might need to get a little bigger for what we want him to do inside linebacker versus outside linebacker, interior D lineman versus exterior D lineman, safety to corner. You say, okay, if we draft him, he's gonna be projected to be he's coming in in great shape, but we might want to bulk him up. We won't want to have him lose weight to play the position and do the things that we're asking him to do. Really what you should be looking at is footwork, position yeah. drills and footwork. No, the bench press is outdated. It's cool to see. Cause like, it's good for like people who like, if you bench like 40 reps at two twenty five, cause there was a point where like D lineman and O lineman was putting out like 35 to 40 reps and 225 and bench and everybody was all psyched and hyped up and then they draft them and then they get beat the living shit out of excuse me for my <laughs> language because all that weight room strength don't translate over to this football field yeah. like i was never a great bencher uh bryce is an excellent bencher is, is actually a really good bencher and his strength translated over which was a which is rare because i've had i've played against guys and i've played i've practiced against guys who are like, oh yeah, I bench like four fifteen. Then why can't you set the edge? You yeah. know, or I be- or I bench press, you know, uh, five oh five or something like that. And I'm like, that's cool, but you can't hold the C gap. Or for us as like offensive linemen, it gets frustrating because if you know a guy got like a five hundred pound bench press, but he getting beat the living tar out of by a defensive end, you're like, where all that weight room at? Grab him, <laughs> bench him up out of here. Get him out the, the club. I guess the other thing I noticed was like. Um, what I'm looking through right now is kind of what each player did. And some of them, like some defensive ends just showed up, didn't do anything else but bench press as well. Like they're just like, yeah, let me just show my strength off. I don't like, I guess, is there other things that go into the combine, such as meeting like scouts there, talking with scouts rather than just performing? Like, is there any verbal communication? Because like yeah. if somebody's There's just showing up, yeah, if someone's just showing up to do a bench press, like just show up at this whole thing. Oh, yeah, I'm skipping all this other stuff. I'm just going to bench here. You could have done that back at your own gym. You know what I mean? And sent a video on it. Send, it has to be more to it, such as meeting players and scouts and stuff like that. Um, so so the biggest thing about the NFL combine that I, it gets overlooked by people who don't really like concentrate on evaluation processes for like football, basketball players. It really is the footwork drills. It really is the timing drills like quarterbacks when you show up. Let's say you have a good run, like Anthony Richardson. We'll use him for a good example. Even some of the other quarterbacks, because I don't think Bryce Young bench pressed, and I think, uh, I think I don't think any of them. I don't know how many of them actually threw. Um, I know Will Levy threw because he was very open about he wanted to show off his arm strength, his his, his cannon. You can show his cannon off. <laughs> I was trying not to say all that. You know, what I mean, I was gonna leave it just arm strength. But um, with that being said, you know. Some of these guys want to show off you know, some of the other abilities that they have. Um, the big thing is always 
footwork and your position drills because if you're a wide receiver let's say you run a four four everybody else running four threes and and under but you run a solid like four four you get to the position drills and these dudes can't cut they can't cut on a dime so they fast as all outdoors they can get out and do a vert but you like hey you know give me a five yard at five yards you know give me a quick comeback at you know at six yards turn into a post um we're going to have a guy out here. He's going to tell you, he's going to, we're going to see if you can read an option route, which means if the guy starts running and he's ahead of you, then I want you to break inside. Um, as soon as you can't, you know, you have two steps and you can't get past him. If you can get two steps past him, then keep it going vertical. You know, there's things like that, that even get evaluated where you look at guys and you go, the four, four is probably a better wide receiver because everybody else can run fast, but can't nobody make a cut to come back to the ball. Can't nobody adjust their route properly without almost falling to, you know, be able to help your team uh, win. Um, when you look at O-linemen, you want to look at their hip position. You want to look at their leverage, their pad level, where they're going to be at. Are they all the way, <laughs> are they all the way like leaned over too far? Do they have good balance? Yeah. Are they, are they using, we call it your feet, hands, head. So you got to have great feet first. You got to be in a good position. You got to use your hands and put them in a great placement. Then you got to use your head and able to keep your head back and pass protection. So D linemen's can't D linemen can't like hit you in the helmet, maneuver your face mask or anything like that yeah. to move your head, things like that. D linemen, hey man, can you get up the field? Can you change directions? Do you have good hip movement? Do you have um, good capability of using your hands? Because sometimes D linemen just do one big whiff, like hit the bag. Mm-hmm. And then that's all they're doing is hitting the bag to get out the way to run. You got to show you can you can dip and rip. You can show you can swim move. You can show you can ice pack ice pick back inside corners. You got to be able to move your hips. That's why you see a lot of guys that start off in corner in uh, uh, college and they get to the pros and they make them safeties immediately is because you see they evaluated drills and they can't turn and open their hips, which means you can't play corner. If I'm telling you to bump and run, or I'm putting you in cut press coverage. And when I need you to turn, open your hips and start accelerating and keeping up with the receiver, you ain't got no chance. You got to be a safety, son. So it's really the evaluation process is, is based, should be based off of the drills that they do and not so much the strength test. Like I don't, I like the speed test, the conditioning test, that kind of stuff. It just shows you've been working out. You've been running, you've been active. The bench test to me is kind of outdated. No, really, there's really no need for it. Unless you were like, hey, I want to see who can bench press the most one time. I can see that. But like, sit down here and give me 225. Okay, I'm just going to burn out my like upper body yeah. strength. So it just, to me, it's outdated. Gotcha. It doesn't make sense sometimes to you. But all right, that's all I got. I'm ready to move on to the next topic. All right, cool. So go ahead and take this one because this is this is your thing, man. This is your thing. All right, let's move on to, you know, my favorite part is free agency and everything. Time to play the QB carousel game one more time. But I think it's just going to be free agents all together. Maybe a little. I think we should just call it the NFL offseason where moves are happening, where GMs are trying to make stuff happen. And I, I put on my GM hat and come up with weird scenarios that could be as well as like, you know, I want players to get their money, but I'm a, I got, that's more of herb. Hey, pay the man, pay the man. I'm more of like the GM, like, no, we're not paying. That's, that's too, you're overpaying for that. Uh, Speaking of overpaying, let's talk about Daniel Jones and his contract. (laughs) Oh my, oh my God. (laughs) Do you think they overpaid for Daniel Jones or? Yes. You you think they overpaid him? Yes. 
Yes. All right, everybody. <laughs> I mean, you're you're on the yes. Forget, hold on, really quick. Good for Daniel Jones getting his money, but <laughs> he got he got his bag. Congratulations, he got his bag. But if I had to tick the hey, bro, you got your bag. Dab me up and put on my GM hat. What is going? Y'all gotta you gotta have OJB O OBJ signed already. You gotta have DeAndre Hopkins signed. You gotta have the number one receiver already picked out, signed for him, because he was not that good. Like he was okay. He had a lot of spectacular plays, running the ball, getting you a lot of stuff. Like as a quarterback, he had a couple good throws. I'm not saying Daniel Jones a lot. I'm not (laughs) saying Daniel Jones is trash or terrible or garbage or none of that. I'm just saying for what he got paid, I feel like y'all could have took that out a little bit, and that's great work on his agent. Shout out to his agent for saying, give me my man's bag, deposit the money today, the guaranteed money. What was it like? Is it 80? It's 80 mil. Yeah. It's 80. It's like 80 mil guaranteed. 82 like, mil, I think. No, oh, that's dead. Yeah, my bad. Hold on. Um, Sorry, this is bad. This is bad. Keep going, Irv. My bad. This is bad for so we got uh, like, everybody listening. 82 no, million guaranteed. 82 million yeah, guaranteed. 82, yeah, it's like a 160 million contract, 160 million dollar contract, 82 million guaranteed over what 35 or 40 million dollars of incentives? Yep. What are the incentives? incentives? Y'all gotta tell me what the incentives are. Somebody gotta list out that like don't throw no picks, use your receivers properly, don't <laughs> get them blasted. Stop trying to change the play and audible to Saquon to get hit in the head because we all know it's finna, he finna get the ball. Like I don't, man, I think that's a lot of money to give to somebody who you don't have a number one receiver for. You have good receiver depth. Like, I like Darius Slayton. I like Hodges. I think it's Hodges. Um, I like some of the other receivers that they started bringing about, even in tight ends. They're, you just never had a clear-cut number one who's a guy you can say, go get this. Go go up here and get this. You don't have a D-hop. You don't have a OJ, OJ, uh, OBJ. You don't have um, one of these other dudes that might be free – and out there, like even I, w- I wouldn't say go get Julio Jones because I don't think Julio Jones is going to solve your your issues. But y'all got to be willing. Uh, the draft, I got to see a bunch of receivers come off the board for y'all. I got to, you know what I mean? It's it's like when Kansas City took like four corners. They <laughs> just like somebody got to work out. Green Bay did it one year when they had like the Nikhil Alexander trade. They took him, Blackman, some other, and like three other corners. Uh, I think the dude from. One of them was from Washington. It was one of, I think it was King, something King. But they took all four corners. Like somebody got to work out because we need help. So I got to see that from the Giants to make this a, a reasonable deal somewhat. What are your thoughts on it? Okay. So to answer a couple of your questions that you have, uh, not including the incentives question, I'm not going to get to that one because there's probably a list. But you asked about who's their free agent. The free agent's called Athletes First. They're actually from my hometown in California, Laguna Hills, uh, California. The free, the, the person that owns and runs it, they're the same agent for Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh, if that gives you kind of an idea, I forget their the person's entire name, but it's called Athletes First. Is the is the the agency? Um, next, Irv, I know you said don't pay him. I like what the Giants did here, and the reason I say I like what the Giants did here is because after two years. That third, so they the contract is 160 million over four years. The first year is a uh, nine million base salary, nine million signing bonus. But after and then it shoots up. So this next year it's nine million. Next year and then the 2024 it's 35 million with nine million signing bonus, and then it's 30 million 
2025 with 9 million signing bonus. He's still 28. The next year, they can opt out right there. If they don't opt out and they decide to keep him, it's 46 million. That's where the jump up happens to where it's like, oh, wow, that's a lot more money. Um, in my eyes, I don't think this is bad because you, by the time you can opt out of it, you're opting out where you you got majority. You pay, you're pay. you opting out where you paid basically two-thirds of the salary, that one-third where it's like the most of it, where most of the money is coming from in that last year. You can potentially opt out and say, no, I don't want to pay him. Like, you're not the quarterback we want to go with. Now, from a other perspective is like, what other choices do they really have? I mean, I told you maybe they could try to, I don't know. They have the 26th pick this year. They have the probably the first round pick next year. Would you have traded for Lamar or offered them that? I mean, because right now Danny Jones is under a $9 million contract this upcoming year. And that's when it hits his 35 and 30. So, um, I, 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 would, I, would have, I, have to, I would have to explore other options, but that giving him 82 million guarantee and then loading up on the back end, I, I, I just can't see myself giving him 82 million guaranteed money up front to then load up on incentives when we clearly need to work a deal out to get him a number one receiver or understanding the draft. Like, and maybe they, you know, how this, we don't have that information. They have teams um, like, they probably got a whole board of receivers. They're looking at who can we get in this upcoming draft who could potentially be a number one. Cause you traded away Tony, you, you who was supposed to be that guy. Um, I and then you franchise tag Saquon Barkley, which I'm like, that was crazy. So, so they, they I, have the weapons eight, are, they have 18 million cap room to work with this off season. But that's what I'm saying. Like who is available receiver wise. That's actually like, of the ability to be a number one and still young. You know what I mean? Like, cause like I said, we named Julio Jones. There's other potential trades that you probably could go get. Hopkins is out like, there wanting out of, there's yeah, Adam Cardinal, Thielen, who's, yep. I don't say he's a great number one, um, but Adam you, you Thielen's hear, out there. You you hear about what's his name? Uh, well, no, he dismissed that rumor. So never mind. <laughs> Juju's out there, but again, you got a lot of not big time number one receivers that are in the market, but a lot of, I would say good receivers. Good receivers. Good receivers. You got good receivers. They're solid, but there's nothing that's like besides you need a Hopkins Where I'm like, boom. Um, you you need a game changing receiver for him because just like when we when you looked at Philly last year, the year prior to this year, we said I said Jalen Hurts wasn't that good, you know. But on the same token, he didn't have a plethora of offensive weapons. He had like he didn't have AJ Brown. Devontae Smith needed another year and was also in and out being hurt. Quez Watkins was still, you know, he was becoming the guy he is to that the the receiver he is thought of today as another Batman. They went and got Zach Pascal. So to me, you got to take Danny Dimes and say, "Look, we going to get you some help first, but we going to play off this contract." Yeah. Because you want this kind of money, you want to be here for because you want long term deals as a player. You don't want a short term or you know, in two years now I got to worry about this again. You want to know you somewhere for a while. Um, but I would have worked with him to try and say, where can we use this money to get you the receivers you need, and then we'll talk about extensions. We'll talk about paying you because to me it just don't make no sense to pay him that kind of money. Saquon is tagged, and you it don't just from right now with the information we have available in the public, ain't nobody going over there. Ain't no receiver going over there. You don't. You don't have a number one, a clear cut guy who just Tyree Hill type. Where we talk about top, take the top off a of defense, change your game. 
Yeah. You got to get one in the draft. And I'm like, I don't, this ain't really a, like a giant receiver draft from what no, I can this see. Is this is a that's... good well, quarterback draft, DB draft a little bit. Uh, I, I mean, again, you pay him the first two years and then you're out and the salary cap keeps going up each year too. So it's not like why we see this. It like when it first came out, the four years, 160 million, I looked at it too. I was like, what? But then I see what they can do with the giants can do and just get out of it within two years. Like if they, they can literally, let's just say they, in two years, they have the worst season ever. They get the first pick of the draft. They can literally draft a quarterback and be on from Daniel Jones. And there's 40, 50 million they save. But it's crazy to say, it's hard to say this without sounding like a butthole. But Daniel Jones is replaced, more replaceable because of where he, it's not like Aaron Rodgers. It's not like Pat Mahomes. It's not like Lamar. It's not any of these top tier or even like kind of second tierish quarterbacks. He's a replaceable quarterback. He is a guy you can go get because you don't have the offensive weapons around him. You can go get another guy and put him right in to see what you can do. You just, hey, whatever we can do. Like, I'm not saying it to be mean or disrespectful to Daniel Jones, but like, what what is he going to, who is he going to throw to? Are you just going to run the same offense you're going to run last year, which really didn't do that much? You had spurts of being We saw that in the playoffs that didn't do much. (laughs) It didn't do much. It didn't do much in the regular season. They was barely getting by with wins. And even defensively, they was lacking um, at the pass rush capability and in the linebacker spot. And they did. I think they were one of the the worst defensive back groups, like secondaries, in the league. So it was like you need a whole bunch of help to have that kind of magic happen again because now – People know how you coach as, you know, the head coach. They know what you're trying to run. They, you're not bringing in dudes that are, okay, you know, they got D-Hop or they got this guy. They got this. Like, look, Calvin really is back in the league. That was a smart move by the Jaguars to go and get him while he was on the low point because now they get another, they get a top receiver because he was a top receiver with Atlanta before all this happened. He was even a top receiver in the league. Yeah. So I'm like, y'all not giving him enough. Y'all giving him his money. Great. But like, what is he going to do? Because you're going to be disappointed in this year, the next year come around. Maybe we – and you you wasting other guys' vitality and, and youth. You know what I mean? Like, you wasting more good years Saquon got. That might be a waste of another two years, especially on a short-term lifespan for a running back. Yeah. You're, you're wasting some of the offensive linemen you might have and defensive linemen you might really like and think, oh, these guys are good because they're not predicted to last that long. You know what I mean? Like five years, six years, or maybe you out. It's hard to get to year nine and ten. Yeah, I mean, I see your point. Like, hey, you can easily be replaced. But at the same time, like, who who's out there to replace them that they can go out and get that's – like I said, I, Lamar. I would have done the Lamar trade if I was them. You, you, I mean, you you're can, basically – you talked about it a little bit earlier in the show or even pre-show work as a GM, you got to work a little different. You got to be able to connect some different things, pull some things from one area to another area. And maybe you work a trade where you move up to potentially get a quarterback in this draft, or you keep moving your way up to get another quarterback, a quarterback you think is going to fall in this draft. Because if you looking at Daniel Jones, no disrespect, he hasn't been the, the, he just hasn't been a bright spot. It's not like he's been putting the ball, the uh, the ball in positions where receivers just dropping it and they could have ca- caught and uh, catch and kept running and got yards after a uh, catch. It's not like he's shown he has this t- super tremendous arm strength where it's like, man, we got to get him somebody because like he can throw it from anywhere or any spot. He just hasn't shown all that. It's not like when you have 
uh, not Peyton Manning, um, Eli Manning, who could throw that thing anywhere and everywhere. And later in his career, you know what I mean? He became, you know, his arm got a little weaker. He took, you know, take a couple hits over the years. You know, you're not, you got the same power in your arm. But Eli, prior to that, even with the receivers they had, he could put it on the money. He could turn a guy into somebody who could catch and run and keep it pushing. That's not Danny Dimes right now, as you want to say. So, yeah, I was trying to, I was going to get you now. If you actually, if I was a general manager, I, I don't think I would have paid him. Um, I was trying to make the case for why the Giants did this. Uh, in my eyes, I probably wouldn't have paid him. I probably would have been like, ah, I'm not paying you that much. We'll give you this much, but, or let him walk. Um, so that's that. It, it, but and then, and then you take a look at it like that. We ain't talk about Carson Wentz is still out there. If you wanted to just pick somebody up, place him in the offense who could run a little bit. No, seriously, who could run a little bit and pass a little bit. Carson Wentz do the same thing Danny Danny Dimes do. You think Dan- Carson Wentz is as fast as Danny Dimes and running and stuff? No, but I think <laughs> if I'm trying to save a nickel and dime and, and build some stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to get a couple of discounts here and there from guys who, you know, have the same skill set. I look at it in the manner of why would I pay you this much money when I can go get this dude who need to be in a league, who want to be in a league for, and obviously Carson Wentz has had more injuries than Daniel Jones right now. Daniel Jones and him have both shared time out within a season, but I go get Carson Wentz, give him a one-year deal to come in here and try and be an assassin and rebuild his reputation. Dabo Sweeney or Dabo, or not Dabo Sweeney, Dabo or whatever. He was known as the quarterback whisperer over there at in New York. Whisper some stuff to Carson. Yeah, I'm wondering if like if they were even trying to contact like even um, Baker Derek, Mayfield is still out there. Baker Mayfield, but also Derek Carr. Like before he got signed, like were they even trying to contact him or anything like that? Jimmy Garoppolo is still technically out there as well. Jimmy G, because Jimmy G would fit perfect in that system how they run it. Like because they're running, they're run first. They're so, run first. They're they're a little bit. Do you think Danny? Do you think Jimmy G has a better better arm than Daniel Jones? I don't know. I don't know that answer. <laughs> I don't know that answer. But okay, uh, okay. I'm ready to move on to the next topic. I have one. I for bet you. you are. I bet you. Are. <laughs> I don't know that answer. I'm ready to move on to the next topic. We're talking about quarterbacks that are, you know, eh. I I I'd rather have Jimmy G over Danny Times though, in my opinion. That's it. Okay, you still got Ryan Tannehill that's potentially out here. We don't even we don't even know what they're trying to do with King, with Derrick Henry, as you call him King Henry, because that's a steal. If I'm a team and I'm if I'm the Rams and I done had all these running back issues, I'm gonna go get me a savage. They don't have anything. <laughs> they don't have anything Bro, to I'm, trade. Yeah, they do. Jalen Ramsey went out of there supposedly. Oh, okay, gotcha. So you were saying trade not picks, but trade like players on the team. Get up out like, here. They don't have any players. But 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 you look at a Sean McVay offense. A lot of the things he was trying to do was with a run game, right? Yeah. So imagine you keep a Henderson, who was you know he sounded like he was a low maintenance, good good running back, good guy. Cam Akers kind of wanted out. Okay, we'll give you Jalen Ramsey, Cam Akers, and whoever else to make up the contract and money to go over there. Give us give us Derrick Henry. Give it us Derrick Henry. It does sound that um, it does sound like that uh, the Tennessee Titans are trying to go into complete rebuild mode if they're getting yeah. rid of these players. So I don't think they're going to want Jalen Ramsey unless they can swap it really quick for uh, picks. Hey, hey, that you could do whatever you got. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to get a pick. You need to like you know need to get a guy in here. Hey man, we actually plan on moving you because we want a different piece, but we know they wanted you. 
So we're going to move you to here. We'll work a deal out with them. You'll be over there shortly. Don't even pack, unpack your bags. Um, yeah. And then we'll get the guy we want. The next but question, yeah, we can. Let's move on to the next next topic. Um, okay. So the Bears made a trade. They traded their first round pick, the number nine for Carolina. And they got the first, they got the ninth pick. They got the 61st pick this year. They got the first pick next year from the, the Carolina Panthers, second pick in 2025. And as a compliment, DJ Moore. What's your thoughts on that, Irv? Love it. Because now you tell now you're telling Justin Fields the same way Philly invested in Jalen Hurst. We're gonna invest in you. We get you got Chase, whatever his name is, Claypool. Claypool. Yep. You got Nikhil Harry. You got uh uh DJ Moore. So we got three dudes that hey, hey DJ, can you play slot? Because we're gonna have two big X's outside. We want you to play the Z position or the Y position. I forgot which one I'm, I'm out of it. Um, we want you to play that slot receiver position. You're gonna be one-on-one with third down corners. You might even get come linebackers. This might suit you better. We're gonna keep the two big guys outside. Justin Fields, now you get the opportunity when you running around, because you still got Mooney to play the other receiver spot who could play the slot spot. You got interchangeable pieces. Nikhil Harry wanna get out of there. Cool. You want out. Because you fighting for more playing time or whatever, cool. You can get up out of here. Claypool, you here. DJ, you back to the outside receiver position. Mooney, you in the slot position. Like, man, y'all got versatility. You still got, I think his name is Komet, the yep. tight end. I like him, yes. I said he's going to pop off last year. He now, did not. But I'm picking him this year. Don't I'm going to say it like this. That like, offensive line, y'all get in that room. <laughs> Yeah, I say, hey, look, we just got to buy time and we just got to be good. We don't have to be outstanding. We don't have to lead the league in nothing. We got to keep Justin Field upright and just be good. We ain't got to be great, excellent, just good. All right. You ready for the serve? Yeah. GM Bears hat coming on. Love the trade. I think it was highway robbery. Now, with that being said, we're on the highway. Police are still chasing us. We're going to see how this ends. You know, are we going to get away with robbing Carolina? Or are we going to get – that's it. We're going to jail. <laughs> like, the Carolina nah, robbed on us. But I think we robbed them with how many picks we got and DJ Moore as a plus. Now, I went into doing statistics-wise. You know me? How good is DJ Moore? DJ Moore's had a couple thousand-yard thousand yard seasons. He's sure. stayed pretty healthy. But look at who's throwing to him in these thousand-yard seasons. Uh, in 2019, I believe he had one. He had Kyle Allen. For 12 of those games, he had Cam Not Newton Notre for two. Dame. Yep. Notre Dame. Yeah. Cam, and then Cam yeah. Newton for two games and Will Geyer for two games. And he had a 1,000-yard season. Geyer. Why does Geyer sound so – oh, dude from West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's also had Sam Darnold been thrown to him. And Cam Newton came back for five games. He had Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. He hasn't had a consistent good quarterback that there. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Cam's bad, but this is when Cam was, you know, starting his deep downfall. You know, yeah. like, you know, Cam wasn't the same. His arm wasn't the same. He's gotten beat up, so on and so forth. I'm just saying this is the time, like, you're going to see DJ Moore where it's like, oh, this quarterback, if if it's Fields or Lamar, <laughs> I'm not on, not on Lamar yet. Um, if it's Fields or Lamar, you're going to see DJ Moore, I think, have a great season pop off. I'm high, high expectations of DJ Moore, especially finally get him a quarterback, which I think will be able to throw to him. Um. Now, with all the trades, yeah, we're going to – I hope we – like, again, we got all these picks now. All right, what are we going to put around? We have the receivers. We have a tight end. We have a quarterback. What do we have to do? Offensive line and defense now. Use these picks for that. Offensive – you also still have cap room of $75 because DJ Moore took a little bit of that. So, we went from 98 
to 75 because DJ Moore came over. We didn't give any pieces up to, like besides that first round pick. So 75 million to work with. What are free agents on the offensive line? Orlando Brown Jr. from KC. Age 26. It say has not resigned. Unrestricted oh. free agent. 26. Oh. He's 26 years old. He'll be 27 next year. Bears, what's his market value? Let's find out right now. I'll click the button. Market value, it's loading. So we got to wait. All right, $22 million a year right there. Boom. Lock him up. Then we can go out and get the, the, the older Kelsey brother at center. Yes, he's a little bit older, but we could probably draft another center underneath him or center we have now. I'm just saying, Bears, there's pieces out there you can there's, use your money for. Devontae Smith just became available. Uh, Devon or Devontae Smith, the uh, offensive tackle for the Bucks. He just became available. He's been yeah. their left tackle. So that's another but that's, one. But that's, Orla- but that's Orlando Brown Jr. spot. Let you can, them, you can right. switch spot. You can you can say, hey, you want to come over here, play right tackle. We'll still give you the same money. You, money you know, is money. Man. You, you, know, you know offensive line better than I do, that's for sure. Hey, let's reunite. Go get Leonard Floyd on the defense. He was great when he was here. I mean, there's Marcus Peters as corner. Uh, Fletcher Cox, who I believe is out there as well on the defense. Robert Quinn. I know he was with us as well, but these are like older players that are looking for a one-year to two-year deal, so you don't even have to make that big of a commitment to them. Use your money, use your picks, use everything. Jesse Bates as a as a um, as a safety's safety. out there. Wait, Cincinnati didn't resign him? Nope, unrestricted free agent still. Oh, that's gonna that's gonna hurt them. Fourteen million year right now. Bro, that's gonna hurt them in the back end bad. So, well, Bears, I want to see what you're gonna do with not only your money but the picks as well. Also, last thing I want to talk about, Herb, is why aren't teams trading down their picks? Like, for instance, why isn't it? We'll just use, for example, Detroit Lions trading your de- your pick number six down to, I don't know, 28, 29, and then all of a sudden trading for Lamar for your first round pick. So you want to, they want to, they want defensive help. They want more corners. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, they need some- these teams that need a quarterback, they should be trading down, get more assets, picks around them. Where then all of a sudden when they trade the, for Lamar, they just give those two first round picks up, sign Lamar. But it all comes down to money and owners not wanting to pay that money for the player because it creates a whole big deal. And we go. Is we it collusion? The collusion. Might, next next week. <laughs> next week we might be talking about collusion in the NFL. Collusion. Um, with that being said, let's get to promotions of the week, Irv. Okay, so promotions, uh, not of the week, but promotions in general. You can find all these on IG. Uh, we got Bryce Sinclair at the Spicy Diaper for all your for all your comedy needs. We got Rosemary Shipley at I Got Your Back Neuro for all of your massage therapy needs. Sean Tuck at Sean Tuck Music for all of your music needs. We got Darvell Williams at Darvell W Financial. You need to build generational life uh, generational wealth through life insurance. Hit my man up. We got Jay at Cuts by Jay. If you need a beard trim, mustache trim, lineup fade, whatever he got you. Hit him up if you need his information. Um, just direct information to, to get a scheduled appointment. Let me know. I got you. We got Jazz uh, on Bookie's app. If you need your hair twisted uh, for like dreads or twist in general braids, she got you. Let her know. We got Nick Jail at Jail Fit Apparel for all your workout apparel needs. We got Anna Slusher at Anna Slusher, a photographer and co-founder of FKA Magazine. Their website is www.fkamagazine.com. If you're a model out there in the LA area, hit her up. If you're a model in general, just hit her up on IG or through their uh, website. Maybe you guys can shoot together and create some kind of artwork. We got Wampina at JP underscore exclusive picks for all of your gambling pick needs. Get paid. 
Eating cash. He's been he's been working out really well. All right, our movie of the week, real quick. So we don't have a movie of the week because I'm watching series and I'm locked in on both The Mandalorian season three and The Last of Us. But I want to talk to you really quick. Personal, would you rather be in The Last of Us type apocalypse or a zombie apocalypse or a Terminator type apocalypse? Zombie, Go, you ha- zombie, zombie, because AI robots, they're going to figure shit out and I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm just going to, if I walk well, outside. Okay, so out of, the robot, zo- out of the I'm zombie, <laughs> out of the zombie, you want traditional zombies? Or you want the Last of Us type zombies where it's fungus? Uh, I, I think I'm going to go traditional. I don't want fungus zombies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that, all right, that right, well, how about you? How about you? Uh, for, for me, I'm going in all three of them because I'm reckless. Any of them, I'm going to be going. <laughs> I already know I am. I'm not even going to fight it. Uh, <laughs> Earth walks I'm outside. Gone. That's it. I'm done. That's it. I'm going. All oh, right. Go ahead, Cam. Take us out. I just want to say movie of the week. I watched uh, Chris Rock's special that he had. Uh, and it just did not hit with me. I don't think it was that funny. I'm not going to lie. Sorry, I'm going to rip you apart real it. quick. I, I don't think it was that good. Irv, you got to watch it. Tell me your opinion. All right. Thank you all. Have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you all next time. Make sure you make somebody smile. All right. Bye. Nice work.